0: Welcome everybody to the Rish podcast With your host, Mr. Wills Welcome to my weekly Premier League preview show I've been gone for one or two weeks But now I'm back But like the Premier League, the Premier League is flying Liverpool are top Chef United have won a game Everton are at the bottom three And Man United are like a yo-yo So let's get into this week's games The first game, Friday, Eight o'clock kickoff. Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham. Nottingham Forest are. I've got fourteen points on a sixteenth. Tottenham have got thirty points on a fifth. On if you've listened to my podcast, I've forever talked about Forest and the fact that they've got good players. They're bought very well, but unfortunately for them, they're not picking up any points. And I just don't see how really with the squad they've got. They've got the one of the biggest, deepest squads in the Premier League. And they've got some very good, talented players. And ultimately, they're not delivering. And they're conceding a lot, a lot of goals. So, the manager's basically on a game-to-game trial to keep his job. Last week, he got a good point at Wolves. He's at home again, and it's tough opposition. Because Tottenham are coming off a fabulous victory against Newcastle. Fabulous. And what I will say about Tottenham is that if you like to watch good football, you've got to watch Tottenham. The way they start football matches is 100 mile an hour. Fast, flowing, quick, incisive, one touch, two touch football, fullbacks that I like. I mean, the fullbacks are incredible. The technical ability on these two fullbacks is high standard. Very high standard for a Premier League. You've seen that against Newcastle. One one fullback scored and then the other ones played a 50 yard diagonal for Son to latch onto and then get be brought and then be brought down for a penalty, and then he stepped up and scored. Really are entertaining. Really go anywhere in the league, and they'll play the same way. Yes, they weren't on a good, good winning run, but I watched the game against West Ham. They battered them, but West Ham stayed in the game. They finally got their reward by scoring. You know, one team was going to get it, and it was Newcastle. So I do worry for Forrest in this game. I don't, I don't think they'll be able to keep Tottenham out. But I also think Tottenham there, Romero. You know, he's great defender, but Jesus. You know when you know someone's going to make a challenge and you think, don't make it, don't make it, and they just, oh, he makes it. He's very, very on the edge, Romero. Very much so. For Forrest, they really need their players to step up. I think all players, there's no point in naming any players. I think they need all parts of the team to start functioning better. Goalie, defence, midfield, attack. They've got quick attacking players. They've got incisive attacking players. They've got a target man. They've got midfielders that can run. Tackle, pass, defenders that can do the same, and two good, good, goodish golders. So there's no real excuse, really. And that's probably what the chairman's thinking. So they need to step up, really. Anyway, this is going to be a very entertaining game, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm going for a 3 2 Tottenham victory. And the key man, as usual for Tottenham, is going to be Son. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Newcastle versus Fulham. Newcastle are 7th. On 26 points, Fulham a 10th on 21 points. Wow, Newcastle, it's hard going when you ain't got, when you got so many injuries and you're playing every three games against tough, quick opposition. Once again, they're coming off a Tottenham loss, just played in the Champions League in a huge game and now they're at home to Fulham and Fulham right now are like the entertainers of the Premier League absolute entertainers in the Premier League. In the last three games, Fulham scored 13 goals against West Ham, Nottingham Forest and Liverpool. So right now, they are going anywhere and they're just going for goals. They don't care who they're playing against, they're going for goals. What I've spoken on the podcast many a time about, playing Bassi on the left-hand side and getting a young centre-back next to him. Finally, they're doing that. No disrespect to Tim Ream, but I'm a big... You know, me and my friends especially think out with the old, in with the new. You know, young is young is the new way. Especially when you're trying to build something like Fulham. This, see, this season, for all Premier League teams who ain't expecting to win Champions League, with the level of teams that are at the bottom, Sheffield United, Luton and Burnley, it's a chance for you to not take liberties, but to build on something, to get better, to put in younger players and see how they work. Because, I don't think you'll need that many points to stay up this season, but they're doing tremendously well. And once again, whenever Paulinho's around, they they function like like clockwork. When he's not around, they don't seem to function the same way. He is an absolute key man for Fulham. For Newcastle, it's just how they recover. Really, playing all these games and the intensity of the games and the level of opposition of the games, it's hard work. And really, with with Newcastle they haven't got someone in the team really who can go you know what you know, like a carl Palmer Bernardo Silva that type of player who just says you know what yes we we do play at 100 mile an hour every week but today we're gonna just going to keep the ball and take our time relax wait for openings because them sort of players they're, they're, they're like gold dust now because they they're not running as much but they're letting the ball do the letting the ball do the work and that's the key isn't it so Newcastle do that, but they, they're they based on out physically running teams. That's how they're, you know, that's their tactics. That's how they get by. So when they're a little bit tired and that's, you know, in football, if you don't know, it's just it's just couple percentages really. That's the difference between the top players. That's the difference between the not so good players. It's just a couple percentage. Do you know what I mean? So when you're off a couple, it, it really does kill you. And, and like I said, how do they recover from the midweek game? Who will know? What I do know, this is a tough, tough game for them. And to be honest with you, I'm going against them. So I'm going for a 2-1 Fulham victory. And I'm going for the key man for Fulham. I'm going for Jimenez. The next game. Saturday, 3 o'clock. Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Chelsea are 12th with 19 points. Sheffield United have got 8 points and are 20th. This is a must-win game for Chelsea. I really backed them to do really good things after the Man City game. And it's really all fell apart, really. You know, they've got a, they've lost two tough away games, really. Everton, Everton and Newcastle away are tough games. But because of the slow start to the season, they really had to claim some points. They're miles off the top four at the minute. They've got a run of games now until the new year where, basically, they must-win games. Where they just have to win. There isn't nothing... There ain't nothing about performances. It's pure victories. You know, that's all that the fans, the chairman, everyone associated with Chelsea, that's all they'd expect of these next four games. Must-win games. They're coming across a Sheffield United team that... They've got a victory last week. They'll be organising the the new manager, Wilder. And he'll set them up in a way where... He'll look to utilise the strengths of their team. Yes, he plays 3-5-2 better... I would say, than the last manager. The last manager does a good job. I think Wilder's very, very good at 3-5-2. So he will set them up to be more tough to beat and look to be more better at set pieces so they can nick goals. All around, I think he'll have them a bit bit tighter. So this is a tough game regarding Chelsea because they're in such bad form and they're going to have to break down Sheffield United. And I think the one thing that Chelsea do struggle to do is break teams down. And that's because their lack of guile, you know, inventiveness on the wings and up front. And I suppose in midfield. So, this is a game where, I, I, you know, I do expect them to win. And the score, score line I'm going for is 2-1 Chelsea. But I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it'll be a bit of a grind. And the key man, I'm going to go with Kyle Palmer. The next game. Saturday, 3 o'clock. Bournemouth versus Luton. Bournemouth have got 19 points and are 14th. Luton have got 9 points and 18th. Wow, what Bournemouth are doing is really, really good. Full credit to the everyone associated with Bournemouth. The, all, all the times on the podcast I've been praising Solanke, saying he could be one of the best strikers in the league. He's starting to prove it. Also, the organisation. There's a plan. They've got an identity. And that comes down to the manager. So, everyone associated with Bournemouth, well done. Also with Luton. They are giving every team a game. If you said to me at the start of the season, would Luton get relegated? Yes. Do I still think they're going to get relegated? Yes. But do I think they were going to give teams an actual game? No. I think teams are looking at Luton thinking, we can get a few goals here. All the strikers will be looking forward to playing Luton, get goals, get goals. And what they're doing, they're making it ever so hard for teams, very much so. And the athleticism of the team with a little Ross Barkley quality, they've done so well, Luton, and they've still got a chance to stay up. Very, very good job the manager's done. You know I, don't know, I don't know if you can do a good job and get relegated, but, if the expectations are so low, and you're giving every team a game, like last week, giving Man City a tough, tough game, no one would expected it. No one. So, full, full credit to Luton, and full credit to Bournemouth. This is a game where both teams really are playing at a very good level for what people would expect them to play like players. So, I don't think this is a game where both teams are going to be unconfident. I think both teams are coming to this game extremely high. I think Luton will see this as a game where they could try and do what they've done to Everton. And Bournemouth will think this is a game where we've just beat Man United away. We've got Luton at home. Let's put them to a sword. So, anyway, I've got to give my predictions. And I'm going for a 3-1 Bournemouth victory. And the key man... Gotta be Dominic Slanky. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Manchester City versus Crystal Palace. Manchester City are 4th with 33 points. Crystal Palace are 15th on 16 points. Man City have got a very important victory against Luton last game. Ended a run of not winning the Premier League for 4 games. Incredible, isn't it? But they only sit a couple points off top of the league. So that just shows you that. If if they do start putting a run together, watch out the Premier League. Crystal Palace, great performance against Liverpool, but they still lost. Very unlucky with the IU red card. Very unlucky. But they're going to City now and their squad is absolutely depleted. Depleted of all the best players. They haven't got a strong squad as it is. If they were to get a result, it would be a miracle, in my opinion. The amount of players that they're missing to go to the Etihad where City ain't lost all year and win or draw would be unbelievable. Regards City, you can see this, they're still not clicking, 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 but they'll have a chance with the way that Palace is. Well, it, Palace will go there and defend and be tough to beat. And if City are without Haaland, because he was injured midweek and injured at Luton, they might, they will find it tough to break down because if you look at the next goal scorers after Haaland for City, you don't you don't really I mean they have got Alvarez, so we can't disrespect that you know Alvarez is there, so sorry about that. There is Alvarez. But other than Alvarez, no one I'm folding, no one really chips in. So um yeah, I do think this will be a, a game where Palace will go there and you know what they're gonna do, and City will you know what they're gonna do. In the end I think everyone knows what's gonna happen. I'm going for a Man City victory, and I'm going for 2-0, and the key man is Alvarez. The next game. Saturday, half past five. Burnley versus Everton. Burnley are 19th with eight points. Everton are 17th with 13 points. This is a very intriguing game. One, because Burnley are coming off a good draw. They've been playing pretty well. iffy results, but they're keeping the same sort of identity. And the manager's doing really well regards. the regards. Their heads don't seem to have dropped, even though they're not picking up many points. Everton, they're in terrific form. I always thought the last year or two that Everton had that had the style of players that the Premier League's all about right now. For me, the Premier League's all about athletic, strong, quick players. And if you look at Everton's squad, especially their midfield, and they've added while well on the wing, they've got that. Maybe the players weren't as fit as they should be, but if you look at their natural attributes, a lot of the Everton players fit that criteria. So, the fact that the manager's getting the best out of them, and that's all he's doing, it fits the criteria of the Premier League. So, they are a tough nut to crack when they're at it. So, this is a game where obviously Sean Dice is going back to Burnley for the first time. So, he, he did get sacked, so he'd want to, he wouldn't have something to prove. And Burnley, they need the points. And obviously, one is 19th, one is 17th. This, this is a big game. This is a very big game. Burnley, it's a must-win game for Burnley, really. And coming off their last home game, when they won the five-nut Sheffield United, they'll go into this game with a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence and a good draw at Brighton as well. So, yeah, this is an interesting game where both teams will feel like they, they're they going to win. And I think it'll be quite a, will wouldn't say an open game, but I don't think it'll be a dual game. The way that both teams are playing, they're quite, they're quite, quite confident at the minute. So yeah, I'm I'm going for a one-one draw, and the key man I'm gonna go with, I'm going with Tekore again. He's in fabulous nick. The next game, Sunday two o'clock, Brentford versus Aston Villa. Brentford eleventh on nineteen points, Aston Villa third with thirty-five points. Big game, big big game. Brentford forms in and out, in and out, especially their home form. They're not really winning the way they're used to winning in the Premier League at home. And Villa, if you beat Man City and Arsenal in the same week, 1-0, and you go to Brentford and lose or draw, it, it it's a real letdown. So you want to keep the momentum and go there, shh, flex your muscles and say, look, we're in this title race. Because at home, they're lethal. They don't draw, they don't lose, they just win. So this is a game where the pressure is on. Aston Villa really, to go there to Brentford and win. Like I've said, the manager's done a fabulous job. There's certain things that he's done which is real bravery. The fact that they, they, they play with this high, high line and get it right all the time against top teams and have the belief to do it is very good management. And secondly, the midfielders and the athletic players they have, they are a match for any team. And at the back, with the Diego Carlos and Paul Torres, no, that's a back. That's a back centre back pairing as good as anyone on in the league. So this, they're the real deal, Villa. Obviously, Watkins getting injured is a is something that they don't want to happen. But other than Watkins, I think they can replace and the goalkeeper. Sorry, the goalkeeper is very key. Will class, isn't he? They can pretty much change player for player like they've got a great squad. Brentford, on the other hand, like I said, they need to pick up points at home. They're in a good, comfortable position. But I think they'd probably think we could have more points by now. What they do, like I said with Brentford, they give every any team a game. Any team a game. They do look like they're struggling to score very consistently and make a lot of chances. A couple of weeks now until Tony's Tony's going to be fit and ready to play soon. So the fact that they're not in a relegation battle the middle, that mid, at the minute is a, is a good thing. He's back, but that puts pressure on the players that are there now. They must know that it's time to step up because he's soon here. Anyway... I think it's going to be a tight affair... Obviously Villa coming up from Europe... I'm going to go 1-1 draw... And the key man... I'm going to go with Visa... The next game... Sunday... 2 o'clock... Arsenal... Versus Brighton... Arsenal second... With 36 points... Brighton at eighth... On 26 points... Big game for both... Last season... Brighton came to... Went to the Emirates... And played them off the park... This season... They're in a good position but you can see they've been struggling to cope with injuries and playing in Europe and coming back and playing on a Sunday. But to be in 8th position still is a great achievement. If now they can start to concentrate on the league and start putting a run of victories together you don't know where they're going to finish because there's a period now where there ain't no European football so it's all concentrated on the league. So it's a big chance for Brighton to go to Emirates to do the same thing. The only difference is Arsenal have rested all their players in Europe and they should be fresh. But they are coming off a loss to Villa where I don't mind losing like that. You know, there's you're not going to win every week in a fo- in football. And as football fans, there are ways to lose. And the way that Arsenal lost at Villa, you you, you, you say, well done team, we'll go again next week. Because if they continue to play that way, they'll win more games than they lose. But like I've said, I do think in these, in these tough games, the front three are struggling to... Yeah, they're struggling to send a real message to the teams. After this game, they're going to they go away at Anfield, so you really need the front three to start to click, especially against the tougher opposition. So this is a game where you know that Brighton are going to test every you know Brighton are a test for any team. They might draw or lose the teams, but you know you after the game against Brighton, you know you've been in a match and you have to be ready. You have to be prepared to run. You have to be prepared to. Pass the ball quickly. If you don't do these things, Brighton will do you. So Arsenal should be on it, will be on it, and I expect them to win. And what I'm going for is a 2-1 victory to Arsenal. And the key man, I fancy Jesus. He ain't stepping up much, but I fancy Jesus. Gabriel Jesus the key man. The next game. Sunday, 2 o'clock. West Ham versus Wolves. West Ham of ninth, with 24 points. Wolves of 13th, with 19 points. Very intriguing game, this. West Ham have just topped the Europa League group, which is a great achievement. And Wolves come into this game where they're still playing very well. And I reckon they're in a in a good position for them, considering people thought they were, were going to get relegated. But I think they think they should have more points. I think they probably think they should be on the same amount of points West Ham. So if they were to go to West Ham and beat them, that, they'd only be a point behind, two points behind it, West Ham. So this is a big game for that reason. Wolves, are they're doing ever so well considering they're about their most influential player, they're a completely different team with Neto there, but that Kunya player up front boy, he's a top player in. I've said all season, if he can add goals to, this, to him, he'll be one of the best strikers in the league, no doubt, because the way he comes towards the ball gets the ball and turns and drives and dribbles past people there ain't, I ain't seen a centre forward do that in the Premier League for a very long time a centre forward, getting the ball in deep and dribbling past people like they're not there. So the fact he's adding a few goals now, he's gonna he'll if you can get him to be scoring loads of goals and playing like that, Jesus, he'll be a top player. West Ham, coming off a shock defeat against um, Fuller. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. So this is a must-win game for them. Fans will not tolerate that type of performance again. No, they will not tolerate that type of performance. So they're at home they expect to beat Wolves. And really, I can't say no more. They look a bit leggy against Fulham. They put a lot of effort into getting a victory against Tottenham. But still, they've spent a lot of money West Ham. They should have the squad to rotate. And that's the thing with with their manager. I don't think he rotates the players enough. I don't think he gives the other players game chances in important games. The key word there was important games. When players feel like, you know, we're just coming in for this game because it's not important... They don't have the same edge. It's the same match fitness. The same match edge. So I believe that he has to rotate the squad and trust in the players a bit more. They've spent a lot of money. Anyway, this is a big game. And I'm going for a 1-1 draw. And I'm going for the key man. I'm going for Cunha again. The last game and the biggest game in Premier League history in English football, Liverpool versus Manchester United. Liverpool are first with 37 points. Man United are sixth. On 27 points, big, big, big game for a lot of reason. Big for Liverpool to stay top. You know, if they could beat Man United and Arsenal at home the next two games, that's going to go a long way to win the league, in my opinion, a long way. And Man United, the confidence is shot. The players are injured or suspended. The manager's under huge pressure. It's crisis at Man United, absolute crisis. And then you go to Liverpool, and then season, you lost seven 0 You couldn't wish for anything. You couldn't wish for anything less if you're a Man United fan. You know we're really playing really crap, and now we have to go to Anfield to try and win or draw. We our record there recently is shocking, absolutely shocking. We cannot can cope. We're playing against good opposition because basically we haven't got a. Pl- We haven't got the players of a certain style to stop physicality, people running past us. People say it's laziness. I just think the players can't cope with other players. Like, the best way of putting it is when you were saying Bolt runs against somebody, he's always going to win, isn't he? But you want somebody to be able to compete with him. Now, Man United haven't got players with the physicality to compete with other players in the Premier League. Hence, why they always get run over, and hence why when one goal goes, goal goes in, the next goal goes in, because they haven't got the ability to cope with other teams. It's simple as that. On top of that, with the injuries and the manage, the way the manager is setting the team out, it's it's a recipe for disaster. And against the big teams, there's less room to manoeuvre. Man United's record against the not so good teams is great, but against the teams that have got a identity and know how to play and basically i have got better players, it, they just can't compete. And, you know, it's hard for me to say that because Luton are competing with the big teams. But Luton have gone for a model of players which are athletic. So that enables them to compete. The reason why they're not picking up points is that extra bit of quality. You know, you can run all day, but sometimes having a bit of extra quality is the difference. I've spoke about this on the podcast many times. Football's about percentages. You know, people think, oh, football's just a game of percentages. Very simple. So, I'm hoping that the manager can set the team up with some sort of plan to combat the fact that he hasn't got players to go toe-to-toe with Liverpool. He just hasn't. Can he do that? We'll have to find out Sunday. Do Man United fans hold out much hope? Absolutely not. regards Liverpool, they're not playing very well, but they're top. They're not playing very well, but they top the Europa League group. They're not playing very well, but they're in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. This sounds like a very good season, doesn't it? Yes. And they're not even really clicking yet. So, it's watch out, isn't it? For anyone who's playing Liverpool. Because when they start to click, and they're already top, with their forward line, it's going to be big problems. Very big problems. So, I'm going to give a, my predictions on based on being a Man United fan. I can't... Never go against Man United losing. And you might say, that's wrong. You've got to do it. You're... I just can't do it. So I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. And the key man, I'm going to go with Mo Salah. Because Mo Salah against Man United right now is money. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. If you enjoy, get involved on my Instagram page. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.